0: Welcome to the How Writers Write podcast, a show focused on inspiring and empowering you to become a better writer. Come along as we deconstruct the tips, routines, and motivations of your favorite authors. In the end, it's all about getting your story onto the page. Welcome to episode 33, How Sophia Segovia Writes. I love the opportunity to interview authors on the bigger picture stuff, like where do stories come from? I find myself drawn to these topics because I have so many questions. Do stories exist outside of us? And if so, where? What about characters? Are they real or part of our imagination? I could disappear for days and days and days in those questions. And that is why I am so grateful that I was able to explore these questions with Sophia. This interview is a wonderful balance of both practical, hands-on writing advice mixed with my existential wandering. It was such a fun episode to record, and I am so, so grateful. Thank you to Sophia for her time. And so now, without any further ado, here is the interview with Sophia Segovia. Welcome to the How Writers Write Podcast. I am your host, Brian, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Sophia Segovia. Sophia has written three novels. Her most recent is The Murmur of Bees, which was called The Literary Discovery of the Year by Penguin Random House and named Novel of the Year by iTunes. Sophia likes to travel the world, but she loves coming home to her husband, three children, two dogs, and cat in Monterey. Sophia, Welcome.
1: Thank you, Brian, it's a pleasure.
0: So I wanna start with a new question, just to kind of kick this off. We are, we were just talking about this before we started recording, and um, we are living in incredible times, you know, and there's a global protests, there's a pandemic, so many other things. And I wanna start out and ask you, how do you view your role as a storyteller against the backdrop of everything that is happening in our world?
1: Well, I do think that storytellers need to have um, a big foothold in reality. We have to be aware of reality because maybe, um, as it happened to me in the Murmur of Bees and my other novels, we go back in time and talk about different thing, themes. And it, it, what we're actually doing is talking about the present time and, the, and reality. I think fiction is the best tool to talk about reality even better than, than newspapers. So I do think we have some uh, uh, responsibility, especially if we're not out there just to entertain, which is, can be the case, it's okay. In my case, I do have this um, uh, this goal, and uh, I do try to talk about things that matter to me, because I am uh, have this, huge awareness of, of uh, current events. And so I go back, and and maybe my novels, some of them are historical. And I go back, but what I see is a direct connection to to what's troubling me now. And so uh, I do that. And I think that whatever we write, and whatever our purpose is in writing, we still need to be aware of our uh, current events, of our current uh, social um, suffering and, uh, and try to be a reflection of our time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Th- this is such a you know, timely topic. And I've mm-hmm. been thinking about this um, around the clock, which is like how to stay involved with the world. And try to keep up. I'm putting keep up in air quotes, right? With everything that's happening. And yet, not get so sucked in that it almost, like, for me, I find that there's like this dramatic tipping point that it almost starts to crush me. And, yes. and like my emotional state drops, my desire to write drops because it almost like sucks me into this black hole. And I'm wondering if you, if you sense or feel the same thing and how you navigate that tension between staying involved and staying energized to continue to create.
1: Well, I think that's why people write so much fantasy or science fiction. And I do read a lot of, of fantasy and science fiction because we have to get away from things. But what I find in science fiction and fantasy is that it's actually, you come back from that world and you know more and you understand a bit more of human nature. I, I, I find it very interesting. So maybe, it's not that you have to quit, it's just that you have to find some other uh, road to to uh, get everything out there, right? In in The Murmur of Peace, I write about the Mexican Revolution and, uh, and I don't know, it's... Uh, a strange thing. I, I wrote this novel 10 years ago uh, and I started writing it 10 years ago and I went into the Mexican revolution and the, uh, the Spanish flu. Hmm. And I went and, uh, and did this big, big research around the Spanish flu and ar- around all the pandemics or um, infections in, in human history. And what happens now is that um, people are going back to read that book, who've read that, read it already, are going back and saying, oh, were you like, uh, uh, did you have a premonition? Did you, uh, uh, did, do you have the, 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 the gift of, uh, of of sight or whatever? And I say, no, no. If If we understand that history is, is the best um, uh, premonition there is. Right. We can bo- go back, and I did go back and talked about uh, problems in the revolution, and I realized I was I was actually talking about problems in Mexico right now. And I went back and talked about the Spanish flu, and uh, and the strange thing is that it's uh, catching up to me <laughs> today. So. So I think we can go away and go into other people's lives in our characters and rest a bit from, from our reality, but still make this connection and still talk about what uh, uh, anguishes us. Yeah. And uh, and stay true, but still like, when I write, I feel like I'm the first reader of that story. Because, uh, First of all, I'm a I'm a reader, and I think that's very important to understand, because then I do realize that the same mm, experience I have as a reader, I want to have as a writer. So I do go away very much more deeply and I rest from whatever's happening in my surroundings. But somehow things got get carried from one um, uh, reality to the other. And and it's okay. Uh, still, what what happens is as much, and I do think that everybody knows this as a reader. You come back a bit a bit wiser, mm-hmm. and I like that. So I I am not sure we should be paralyzed or afraid of of these big events that uh, take away so much energy as much as try to to uh, maybe take a look at them in fiction. And try to understand them not through newspapers or through uh, TV uh, news or whatever, but through fiction. And and we will come back wiser, and we will be more rested and more at peace. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm totally um, just like soaking up those words. I I, I really feel that inside, especially <laughs> especially now as. Um, you know, before the show, we're talking like I live in Brooklyn, and mm-hmm. where I specifically live in Brooklyn is kind of Ground Zero of where there's so much um, protesting and just so much happening every single day, every single night. You
1: mm-hmm. know, I
0: I I keep coming back to this idea that as storytellers, um, it's almost like the world has enough answers that are being mm-hmm. given or being offered by news and by people with agendas who want you to have their answer. And it's almost like as storytellers, the the role we get to step into are the people who ask the questions. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be a really different relationship with potentially the same information, right? When you come at it being like, I don't have the answer, but I have a story, which a question is maybe lodged in there. It just has a really different resonance to me. I don't know if it does for you.
1: Yeah, well, the thing is that uh, storytellers, we need to know that we have to transcend statistics and the news cycle. It passes so, so fast that it actually doesn't tell the human story, the human experience, mm-hmm. and the human condition. And that's our role. And that's where we go. And I love it that you say uh, the, the right questions. Talk about the right questions. I love having questions as I go as I go into writing because I think from questions, a person is very rich. If you have questions, you are going to try to find answers. And uh, answers not necessarily come in statistics and numbers and they're so cold and they don't uh, talk about how it feels for example how how it feels to lose someone how it feels to be lying in the in the hospital for two or three weeks not not being visited by your family or whatever and i think that will be our role in in the in the in the future about about this for example if we decide to go into writing about this pandemic as i wrote about the spanish flu and um and sometimes, you know, we have to go through stuff. And this is also that, uh, something, uh, something I am very much aware of. We have to go through stuff. We have to go through experiences. We cannot write about uh, something if we don't have the understanding. Um, I think coming out of this epoch <laughs> because we have to call it something <laughs> bigger and yeah. it, it will be enough epoch right yes yes uh, it's uh, tremendous tremendous events that we're living through we will survive them the question is how we will be will we be wiser will we be prepared to write a better novel right now for example i'm a bit uh, you talked about it about this i'm a bit paralyzed i'm not uh, uh actually writing only in my head i'm doing many other things but right now i'm saying you have to absorb this mm. what will you become after this and what you become you will uh, inject into a new novel into the novel i'm writing and you will have become a better writer because you will have become a better human being i don't know if i'm making any sense but no, I, I totally think you are yeah that um this is i know it sounds a bit uh, i don't know uh, i don't want to to make light of this but one has to decide what to make of things right mm-hmm. you can be destroyed by the smallest of events or you can be constructed. Mm-hmm. And I do think that we as writers can decide to be constructed and to look into the, the, the human aspects behind all, all those numbers that we're being fed every day and uh, and try to feel, because you know, we are readers and reading is the best exercise for empathy. Mm-hmm. And I do think that as writers, we have, and even, even stronger uh, compromise with empathy. We have to feel the characters we write and so I think that everything we're feeling now and everything we're, we're um, um, accumulating, every feeling we're, we're accumulating, we are going to, to be able to uh, give to other characters. Yeah. And it might not be those characters during a pandemic, but those characters during some kind of uh, duress and we will make them better characters and so um yeah this is a very difficult time let's wash our hands (laughs) and stay home (laughs) read a lot but let's try to keep connected and, and 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 keep uh aware and keep abreast of everything and uh and um okay, we're being fed all these numbers, but we can decide what we absorb, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you make such a good point. There, there was a question in there that you said that really moved me. I mean, it really, like I, I almost like felt it in my body when you said the question again kind of goes back to this idea of questions having just so much power. And the, the question you said was, um, who are you going to be on the other side of this? right like who who are you going to yeah. be through this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think there's such an important question for the people who listen to this podcast each week and you know maybe have felt through all of the events their identity or their mm-hmm. beliefs or their values feelings all goals life challenged and maybe even mm-hmm. changed to to your point in saying you get a choice here is so empowering and also slightly daunting that these things are going to happen, right? This, this world is changing and it's going to continue changing, right? We are just starting, you know, a cycle of tremendous change and you get to decide in a sense who you are going to be through this change. And as a writer, and I think, I think again, there's something daunting because it really places the onus and the responsibility on you, um, as the, as an individual, but it also is so super empowering because, um, while the world will happen and will change, you know, we still have a measure of, I don't want to say control, but a measure of influence on our life and, and our beliefs and who we will be through that change.
1: Yes, absolutely. And maybe, yeah. maybe through our books, maybe one reader's mind or imagination at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's right. a
1: world changed also.
0: Right. Yeah. Every,
1: every, every, every mind is a world in itself. So maybe you touch the heart or a mind or the imagination of a reader. And that's a world that changes.
0: Yeah. And that's so, so yeah, it's
1: a lot of responsibility <laughs> but it's it's beautiful right and uh and i think we have to go after that even even when we're not living through this epoch <laughs> we have to to live like that that's uh, i think that's a big big uh, commitment but we as writers can do that we can commit to that yeah and we will become better writers
0: yeah. Yeah. We, we've talked a lot about questions in the writing life and, and how powerful questions can be. And when you think about your novels and the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the published and maybe even unpublished works that we all have, um, do you tend to start out a book with a question that you're trying to answer?
1: Yes. I love questions. And I do think about this very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know the the, the, the okay, I start with a question, but I don't even know all the questions I'm going to find because um, it's a very interesting process for me. I start with a question and then I go into research and the research detonates my imagination. And then uh, also a new question and then it goes on and on. So that's why I like to, to uh, research like in a, in a kind of uh, spiral way. It's a spiral. I don't do the research and then write and then imagine or, or research, imagine, then write. No, I like to go and um, do this process where there's a, a, a question, maybe even a very broad question, and then find the answer to that which detonates my imagination and I, I go into writing then i i find another question and then the process starts all, all over again until the end until i i, I write the end uh, i don't actually write the end at the end but you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> until you get to the <laughs> end Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly
1: How? but uh uh i i think that, i think and we actually talked about it i do think there's a, a, a bounty in questions, and I, I do feel for people that live their lives with no questions, and it's such such a, a loss when you have no questions. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate every question and every moment I spend trying to answer that question for me. Maybe it takes me a long time, but I I, I try to to find the answers. And I don't um, uh, try to find shortcuts for the answers. I, I l- love finding the answers because I know that from an answer will come a new question.
0: Yeah, yeah. How, how do you know the question has the resonance to write a book against it? Because I'm sure, I mean, if you're, if you're kind of like me, there's there's so many questions but some of them just tend to, to have a different feeling to them they have a different crackle to them and and those are the ones that it's like okay that, that's a good question to explore through a novel and I'm wondering like how do you sense that or know that it's the right question to then devote a book against okay what
1: happened me is that um and i'm just envisioning it right now through your questions
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so i appreciate <laughs> that this is what uh, i i realize is now i start with a very big question a, 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 like kind of a universal question or or something big for example for me in the murmur of peace the question is why does a country uh, decide not to tell its, its, uh, whole story, the whole history, why? Why does a country decide to forget half of its its history? And the answer is because it hurts, and, but from that big question, I went into this forgotten piece of history in Mexico, or, uh, or in my own other novels, it's the same question. Why? Does this country or the world decide to look at things only in a stereotypical way? It's the same question, actually. Why? Why not look at the whole picture? And then I go into the smaller questions, from the big, big, broad questions to the to the smallest questions, even to the uh, uh, when was aspirin invented? <laughs> that I go from that. To those little questions that I, it would never occur to me to to ask, but I, I encounter them in this process. But I do start with this this big, really defining question that take that that, that takes me in this on this road. Mm-hmm. And I do think that this big human questions, this universal questions uh, that um, when we are able to answer them will tell us who we are in, mm-hmm. my, in my, the, the case of my novels, who we are as a country, but also who I am or who the people who live, I'm sorry, live in this country are. And, uh, and then I do think that when you have this big, big question to answer through those other small questions, uh, I think you have a very worthwhile uh, question.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and how then, how then now, okay, so you start with this huge question of like, who are mm-hmm. we? Or like, why mm-hmm. does a country forget? Mm-hmm. Or doesn't tell its whole history, which is just like mm-hmm. when you said that I'm a big history buff. And so having you saying that just ignited like my brain, you know, made me go to <laughs> a million directions. <laughs> but how then do your characters manifest? And come onto the page as you're chopping up and and trying to come to the answers of those questions.
1: Well, I I uh, don't make one of them as the big question asker. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> it's a a new term. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I do try to place this this. this uh, it, uh big question i have and try to place them on them and it's not that i become them it's that i want to live in that reality and that time and place and see how it feels to be them but with this this big question i mean they don't ask it but through them i will solve it and they are my um instruments that's what they are I love them. I, I I I get to love them. Maybe I love them even before I start writing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they are instruments. They actually are. Yeah. They are. I read and I forget who who was the author who said this, but I think it's genius. What we write are uh, Homo fictus, not Homo sapiens, right? We are. We write Homo fictus. And uh, that's very important to know because we do get to love them and they do become real and everything, but they live in this fiction and they are there for us to use yeah. for our purposes, right? So we do have a big purpose after uh, behind the writing and, and the characters are there and we will get characters the characters we need uh, for that big question to get answered
0: yeah where where do you do you have an opinion or a thought of like where do characters come from
1: yeah <laughs> i do
0: could <laughs> i could, sense, sound... <laughs> I, could sa- I could sense it i could like feel <laughs> that question and I was like, i'm gonna go for this one i i so i'm not gonna i might sound like a crazy man, but I'm going for it
1: <laughs> well it's going to sound crazy, but it's not <laughs> Um, at first, it, it will sound crazy, but it has an explanation. I, I, when I started writing, I started feeling that everything comes from my gut. In Spanish, we call it from uh, from la tripa, the gut, right? And I said, I have these very strange characters, very very full, very rich characters, but there's some of them are strange, and I just said I had to go, I have to go this. I cannot listen to my brain my brain has all the questions my brain has all the doubts i will listen to my gut because uh it's my instinct okay i'll go with my instinct but you know what i found out and and i thought instinctively that uh creativity lies in the gut and maybe it does because later i found that uh our stomach has a lining of um brain cells hmm. and I found that like whoa then I was right <laughs> I was right because uh uh there is some some uh sentient uh, instinct in 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 the gut right in the gut that's where we have all this the butterflies and why not listen to our butterflies right and I do think that um my characters start in my gut. And of course, I use my brain and I make them work <laughs> through my brain. <laughs> but uh, 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 and I place them in this chrono- chronology that works, and mm-hmm. and I try to leave no no loose ends and everything. I, I aspire to to big things, and that's the brain. But also, the brain can interrupt everything if you let it, right? So so the the guiding force is the gut, and I do think that in the gut is where. Uh, a character with no mouth and no voice, and no words got created. And it's a very strange, he is the center of the murmur of bees, And it's a very strange character to have as a, as a, as a protagonist. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He is, people would look at him and uh, in, in that time and place, not now, not now, but in that time and place would look at him and, and, um, Mark him as as maybe a bit monstrous or strange or ugly or whatever, and and we have a protagonist that doesn't speak, but he's still the protagonist, and that's why I I, he just I felt that I had had to to let him be, and I did, and and he's an amazing character that says a lot without many words. So I think that this got feeling i do have it's a very good advice (laughs) yeah let it
0: be yeah it's like a melding of you know this i don't even want to say subconscious because it's not even the subconscious thought it's it's like body thought in a way it's like it's like body speak um combined with the conscious effort of you know making it making the character make sense within a narrative, which includes timelines and, you know, all the other points that it takes to put a book together. But it starts exactly. with almost like like a... Instinct. Yeah, yeah, like an instinct. Yeah. Yeah, this is and,
1: like... and, and the brain, of course, is, it, 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 it's an instrument. It's a big, big mm-hmm. uh, warehouse of knowledge, of course. But you have to, to keep away all these doubts because we are in that uh, uh, warehouse. We also have this, this reservoir of doubts or, or mm-hmm. um, I don't know, uh, questioning ourselves or this little uh, evil <laughs> or our little evil self that goes, no, 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 this is not right. You shouldn't do this. And that's what you have to shut down. And that's why you have to give more strength to, to your instinct and follow it. Maybe you feel your instinct comes from the heart, whatever. But follow, follow. I know in English it's more uh, common to say, follow your heart. But I will say, follow your guts. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and we also have in Spanish this, uh, this saying that the, the, the tripas corazón because they're not apart. the 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 gut and the heart i think they go along together very well yeah so yeah follow them and uh and let the brain be this warehouse of of use useful things use useful information useful experiences uh, whatever but characters i do think start with with the the gut
0: yeah for me i love that i absolutely (laughs) love that so if you um you know, let's just say that you were given an opportunity to mm-hmm. go do a 90-minute craft talk or a presentation to a group mm-hmm. of writers. And these writers mm-hmm. were, they weren't quite new, um, but they all wanted to transition from being, I want to put this the right way, like a hobbyist writer to someone okay. who writes, you know what I mean? To somebody who like, I am a writer okay. and I produce books and I can put words on a page. And in that 90 minute presentation, they said, give us the three most important points for the people who want to go from, I'm dabbling in writing to mm-hmm. I am a writer. What would those three points be for you?
1: Okay. Listen to your guts. I go back to that, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. it's
1: very important to me. And now and, and, and it links to the second one, which is lose your fear. Because uh, as I was saying, we have this warehouse and we have all these doubts in that warehouse. They're well, very well stored and they're ready to come out faster than anything. And right there are all the books that we've read and these great, great authors, right? And what happens is that they are stored in this little, you no, know, big, huge storage of, of fear and doubts and questions and, and uh, self-doubts, right? And uh, they're very ready to come out to those big, big names in, in literature. And what happens? Follow your gut and then don't listen to them. You have to, and you said something very interesting just a little while ago about uh, body, writing through your body,
0: yeah.
1: body wisdom. Yeah. The thing is that uh, we are what we eat and we are what we read, yeah? But we have to store those, those authors <laughs> in, in, in this storage. And we have to trust that their ways and their words and their feelings we have absorbed in our bodies, in our guts, right? Because we have learned through them, and it's okay. But we don't have to have them looking over our shoulder to see how we write. And I think that's the first uh, um, problem with writers, is that they face this blank page. But it's not actually the the white blank page. It's this uh, huge amount of uh, words or writers that are looking over their shoulder that, uh, that paralyze them. And so I think they have their place and we have to thank them for their work, but we have to realize that they went through the same thing we did. They went through this self-doubt, this storage, big storage of works they admired. They, we have to realize that they uh, had big self-doubt when, when they wrote this big, big, uh, beautiful uh, literary, uh, masterpiece classic uh, whatever and we have to realize that they surpassed their fears mm-hmm. they survived them and they uh, realized they had to write writers right right write. Mm-hmm. that sounded very strange <laughs> but um, they had they had to go through that and they are the big names but we have to realize that they started out the same. And you know what? Also to those who, so, so um, follow your gut, lose the fear, and then do realize that uh, an important piece of literature, in an important piece of literature, a writer should not ever be alone. Mm we can read whatever work comes to mind the the best the most perfect well it needed an editor so what i've uh, encountered with new writers is that they feel that their piece is perfect already and i would say to them no there is no perfection and a writer needs an editor an editor needs a writer too right 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 it's it's an ecosystem it's an ecosystem and 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 we have to realize that we will become better writers with an editor. So uh, that's something, I think it's a very, very important uh, idea to start off a a new uh, work with. Uh, I will get an editor for for this uh, new novel or whatever you're writing. Because nobody has ever become the best writer in the world, or the the best Russian uh, short story teller, or uh, Victor Hugo, or Charles Dickens, or Gabriel Garcia Marquez, or whoever you think about. All of them went with their guts, uh, conquered their fears, and had an editor. Mm. So uh, I would say those three things, they sound difficult, but uh, I think they're important.
0: Yeah, what's what's really? Th- those are all. I mean, like I'm gonna get those, like printed and put on my wall in my office because they're they're just such like beautiful, amazing, timeless points. One thing that Thank stuck you. out to me, okay. mm-hmm. as you're saying those, one, one thing that's really interesting, is it's what what you're saying is not really any part of the craft of writing right it's Uh not you you didn't say anything about like learn how to do a great compelling character or how to plot or to write good dialogue
1: no that follows that that follows yeah (laughs) but you have to start with this yeah
0: it's interesting because that's kind of the thesis that's kind of been like like what this podcast started out to to explore which is how so often we focus on the what of writing and I just did a podcast on this but so often we focus on this idea that like once I know how to plot then I can write or once I know mm-hmm. how to write dialogue or you know have this wonderfully poetic prose all of a sudden I'll I'll be able to write and I'm waiting on learning how to do the mechanics of writing before I'm able to write but it sounds like what you're saying is that like while those things are important, and I'm not trying to discount their importance, they are important, uh-huh. the, where the rubber meets the road are the things that teach you or enable you just to write. It's almost like the how to write. Is that, uh-huh. is, is that a fair summation of what you said?
1: Yeah, because you know the, the, you, you said it well, the, the other stuff is just the mechanics and you have to practice and practice makes perfect. And I would say you have to read a lot and you have to read very broad and very often. Read a lot and read very broad because the best teacher teacher for writers is reading, that's it. And I do teach workshops, uh, writing workshops. And I do say that to my my people, uh, participants, and I do tell them, okay, I do like to, to say that I'm a good teacher, but no, the best teacher is reading. So read a lot, and not just read the same thing you've read. Broaden your your horizon. Read everything, and and you will find that you will have um, this very interesting soup inside inside your body, and it will make you a better writer. And so there are many things we can go through a list of uh, things. But I think you can go online and find that. But you have to practice. Writers right. write. And you have to practice and become more perfect. Uh, and, and that's it, of course. We all know the best novels have great plots, great characters. How to write great characters, people can tell you the characteristics for great characters. But I just gave you a character who's a, a bit monstrous who's a bit no who's absolutely quiet and still he's he's an a, a character who works so so i think that we should take also some risks beyond what the list of uh like uh i don't know like um recipe for right. great characters i think we have to follow our gut yeah and that's it I, I go back to the same thing. So I, I think the internet now can give us a lot of answers. But we have to practice and we have mm-hmm. to have this editor that will talk to us truthfully, not our, our um, mother or <laughs> someone who really <laughs> loves you. And <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> we have to find someone. And, and for those writers, maybe I would say go into a workshop workshops i do believe in them they keep us writing because we have to show up with some uh, advance with some work done but also we get this truth and uh through the reading the works of others who are struggling as as we are we get to become better editors too so i do uh, believe that workshops work very much and i do advise
0: yeah yeah i totally um i agree i agree with with all of that and and i think i just want to make sure to reinforce that for writers out there who have done the work to learn the mechanics of writing but you're frustrated and potentially questioning if you have what it takes to be a writer because you still it still isn't coming together um kind of just sophia just to kind of reiterate what you said learning to write you kind of learn to write through writing it's not a head yeah. exercise it's um i always say it's kind of like training for a marathon right you can you can think about running and you can read about stride but eventually you're going to have to go out there and start running every day if eventually you want to be able to run a marathon there there really is no shortcut in no, that process no you know and it's kind no, of the and, same thing and, and, in writing yeah
1: and I want to go a bit further with the reading. I did talk about the reading as the best teacher, but then I will say, stop reading as a reader and start reading as a writer. And take a look at what there. you like that segment of the novel and take a really close look at what you loved and learn. Because when, when you can read and be a very good reader, a very good active reader, but still, you're not learning what a writer should learn. Your imagination sparks and everything starts, that's wonderful. But reading as a writer is different. It requires a different exercise of the mind and it requires looking at dialogue, which dialogue works, which doesn't. What characters are, are, are um, memorable and why and, who's, and, and, who, uh, and what characters are, aren't and why. And make an analysis of a novel as a writer, and I think uh, that the the learning process from that is will be very enriching and uh, important.
0: Yeah, totally, totally, um, Sophia. I mm-hmm. I am sorry to say this, but uh, our time together is quickly coming to a close. Like I, I feel like. Once again, I've been saying this so much in the interviews, once again, I feel like I blink and the entire interview time is over and I'm like heart, heartbroken because I just want to keep talking to you. But um, (laughs) I could talk to you all day about the writing life. I feel so like there's like so many things swimming in my head. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you the final four questions, which I ask every single guest who uh, appears on the podcast, the same exact four questions. And I think it's just such a fun way to kind of round out the podcast and hear you know, the, all the, the different answers that people give. So mm-hmm. here is your first question. Question number one, if you had to pick a spirit book, and so this is like a book that if you died and you were reincarnated as a book, which book would it be?
1: I would love to be reincarnated as a tilt to cities, And Mm -hmm. it's a strange answer, I know, I know, but I do feel that uh, those struggles are ever-present. But I love the connections that Charles Dickens uh, achieved in those books, and I love connections. And that's Mm -hmm. why I I, I love that book.
0: Yeah, it's a timely book now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, question number two. Is there a specific tool, can be anything at all, pencil, software, chair, that you absolutely must have to write?
1: Well, uh, glasses. (laughs) I need (laughs) glasses. (laughs) I need glasses. I cannot do anything without glasses anymore. Writing glasses or reading glasses, absolutely. And then I do need my, my, um, computer. It's a tabletop computer, Mm -hmm. PC. Well, it's not a PC, but it's, and, uh, and internet, because I do go into this spiral of research and writing and uh, questioning, and, and so I need it all the time. And yeah, yeah. but I do try not to get uh, hung up with other things because I do like to be able to move and travel and still be able to work and mm-hmm. write.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Okay, question number three. How, and we, we talked about this a little bit, but I would love to hear you just kind of put a, a mm-hmm. bullet point on it. How do you deal with the constant ups and downs of the writing life?
1: Which uh, ups and downs do you mean? There are many,
0: many types. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean the, um, just kind of the emotional ups and downs of, you know, writing a book and, mm-hmm. you know, producing work and producing pages.
1: Yeah, when I'm I'm writing, I have the time and have the space and have the family that supports me. So uh, it's not the ups and downs, actually, when I'm writing. But it is an, an emotional roller coaster. You have to kill a, a character you love or whatever. And uh, that's when I do have to away for a bit and go into mourning <laughs> I do give myself some time but for example in the murmur of bees I had to give myself licenses I wrote them because I wanted to do the, the what my gut told me and I was kind of afraid because I know what I'm talking about the brain interferes and so I sat down and wrote myself a letter. <laughs> And I gave myself artistic license. And then I have no no more problems. Then there's also when you publish, because it's also a life full of ups and downs. And one day you get wonderful news about uh, your novel, great reviews, and then the next day you get awful reviews. And what I do is real, uh, what I realize is that I'm happy about all of them. I decided to be happy about the good and the bad because, uh, you know, um, readers, I realize, are absolutely free in their minds. Sometimes there are so many laws out here in the real world that the only freedom, absolute freedom we have is when we read. And I think maybe that's why many governments uh, totalitarian governments want to burn books <laughs> because they find that, yeah, when we read, we are free. And so I really uh, rejoice in that freedom. And I realize that we have an expression in Spanish and I realize that and I absorb it and I, uh, that it gives me peace to know that I, I am not a gold coin. In Spanish, we have this, this uh, expression, no soy monedita de oro. I am not a gold coin to be loved by everyone, and that's it. I I also found an expression in English the other day, it was like a meme, and it said, I am not a taco, I cannot please everyone, right? (laughs) 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 So it's more or less the same spirit of of the thing, but uh, I do uh, have this idea that I have to be strong, because it hurts when people don't like you, of course, it, I am fortunate that um, most readers like my work. I'm very fortunate, but still it hurts. But I say, you know what, compadre? I rejoice in your freedom to like or not like. And that's okay. To, to Your freedom to go on this voyage I invited you to or not. And, and that's okay. Yeah. And the book was not the right book for you. And I do think this is important to to. To be aware of when we're writers, uh, to be free of that uh, pressure, and and, uh, and not let let us let us put us down. And so I do have this little mantra, uh, like that one: "I am not a little gold coin." I
0: love that to be
1: loved by everyone. So so um, I I would love for everyone to have something like that and to uh, be able to uh, Just let everything go.
0: Yeah, or a taco. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. and go get a taco, and you don't have to wait. To, okay, is it Tuesday today? Taco Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> or whenever you can go get a taco any day of the week. <laughs> we yeah. do in Mexico. We love right.
0: tacos. <laughs> right. Okay. So the last question, question number four. Mm-hmm. If you could give, and we've kind of touched on this one as well, but uh, just to kind of sum it up, if you could give one piece of advice to new writers, what would it be?
1: Lose the fear. Just be brave and write. That's what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Write, write and read a lot, but um, I will go further and say read the world. Read what the world is writing about. And uh, I think you will have this huge, amazing perspective that you will be able to uh, gift your novel with.
0: Mm. I love that. What a wonderful way to, to wrap up this interview. Sophia, I have been, I have just been delighted to be able to chat with you. Thank you so much for your time,
1: Thank for your you. wisdom.
0: Thank you, um, this has just been such a pleasure to chat with you.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure for me, too. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you again to Sophia for her time. If you haven't yet, as of this recording, I am at 95 iTunes reviews. And I don't know why it makes a big deal to me to get to 100. It just does. But if you would head over to iTunes, give me a review and rating. It helps other people find this podcast and check it out. Also, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, a little bit on Twitter, or send me an email. I'd always love to hear from you and see how your writing life is going. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week of writing.